0: Today on Your Money, Your Wealth podcast number 398, as the financial markets fall and then surge, Joe and Big Al talk market timing, reallocating retirement contributions, and portfolio rebalancing. Plus, your questions answered on estimated taxes, Roth conversions, and the logistics of inheriting IRAs and passing assets on. Finally, how is a financial advisor like a golf caddy when markets get stressful? Since Big Al spent most of last month vacationing in Italy, we brought in our first YMYW guest since 2019. Remember Joe's Pebble Beach golf caddy buddy from episode 390, Big G from the Real Life Caddy podcast? We wrap things up today with Joe and Big G discussing how their professional knowledge and experience can help the rest of us avoid big mistakes. I'm producer Andy Last, and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA.
1: People are freaking out. There a lot of emotions out there lately. Really. Yeah,
2: market's been kind of strange, right?
1: Yeah. And as soon as, you know, you get that tipping point where you're like, you know what, I got to get the hell out, mm-hmm. guess what happens? Yeah, it, it changes again. Yeah, it turns around. Yep. So. Yeah, actually, after you sell. That's Exa- right, right after. All right. So it's, we got to be strong. Right. Got to be resilient. Right. All right, let's get in, and um, hopefully we can calm some nerves here today. We got ARG. Oh, ARG. ARG. <laughs> Could not ask question online. Well, okay. So what does that mean? Our,
0: so April just emailed us directly rather than filling out the form.
1: Okay. But arg, what does that mean? She's that's upset frustration. About She's frustration. annoyed. It's like like a pirate term. Arr.
2: Arr. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Got it. So what? Our, our website sucks is basically what she's saying.
0: I guess that's kind of what it comes down to. Yeah.
1: Got it. So please give this to Joe now. All right. I know that market timing is not a good idea. But what if you leave your current diversified 401k investments as is, but change your current weekly 401k contributions to take advantage of market's current sale prices, i.e., both large and small growth funds are down a significant amount. At the beginning of the market's correction, bear market, I changed my contributions to 50% large growth, 20% large value, 20% small cap, and 20% international. I'm almost 70, have no intentions of leaving my job anytime soon, have not taken Social Security yet, and hoping RMD age requirements are pushed back far enough for the market to recover. All right. Thanks for your insight. Love the show. Look forward to every new episode. April. Okay, April. April's grinding. She, she gets frustrated quickly. Right? <laughs> she, we know the arg. Still working at 70, no intentions of retiring. Yeah. Uh, But if you're 70, oh, I'm almost 70. Yeah, not quite. Not quite. All right. Um, I love her idea. And this is what everyone should be doing right now as they're saving into their 401k. Change your contributions to the most volatile asset class possible because your dollar cost averaging in. Right. Make sure the balance, of course, is diversified and, and have a you know, strategy of whatever that you want in regards to your asset allocation. But yeah, as your contributions going in, you know, I don't know if I would continue to change it, but I would look at small value, small caps, value stocks, because they're more volatile over time, you will get a higher expected return. But as you're putting, you know, your 200 or $500 in every month or every two weeks or every week or whenever you get paid. You know, as the markets go down and up and down, up and down, the more volatile th- it is, the better off you're going to be because you're going to dollar cost average those prices, you know, in,
2: in your favor. Yeah, you, you and that, that works in your favor, right? Because especially when the market dips, you're getting more shares for the, and it's those volatile asset classes where that works. And I think you would say that this is good in any market, not just down markets. Up markets, any market, be a little bit more aggressive on your contributions. Have your your main core uh, rebalanced as as appropriate for your situation, but be a little bit more aggressive on the contributions.
1: Yeah, without question. And then you just rebalance annually, right? right? So you're going to put your 27,000 into whatever asset class. Maybe you split it. Right. She likes maybe international emerging markets and small value. Right. So then you go let her rip. And then at the end, then you just rebalance to say, all right, well, maybe I'm overweighted now in these particular asset classes. So maybe then you can kind of – that's how I do my 401k. Um, So I like to take advantage of the volatility in my favor as I'm dollar-cost averaging now.
2: Yeah, and the reason that works is because – two out of three years the market goes up right so you're getting you're getting lower cost stocks and and watching it go up now in years when markets go down you might question that strategy but that's there's no way of knowing and even at this point markets are, have dropped quite a bit will they rebound will they go down further Nobody well, knows. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, so so it's it's a good strategy to be buying stocks while they're cheaper, and so it's especially a good strategy right now. But I think, as I said, you would say any time is is good with this strategy, yeah. and that's because markets go up more than they go down.
1: April is smart because just her terminology. She likes the sale prices. You know, the, the stock market is on sale. Yeah,
0: I, uh, she's probably heard that from you. Yeah, yeah,
1: oh, it's see that all the time. Possible. It's possible like constant. What <laughs> <laughs> um? Where do you want me to go? What page?
0: Page thirteen, if you have it.
1: You got it. I I have it. We got a lot of stuff to go through. Yeah, it? we got a lot, don't we? All right, so let's go here, Joe, Al, and Andy. Thank you for your podcast. It helps us make better decisions as my wife and I transition to retirement. This is Mick from Davis, California. We are both sixty-five. I'm mostly retired from my career as a clinical social worker. I used to specialize in children and their families. Now I support graduate students, social workers, and their field placements, and do ethic consultations for colleagues on a very part-time basis. My wife is a serial entrepreneur. Pretty close, huh?
0: Pretty close. Yeah, I that's... think you only missed one R.
1: I'll accept it. Um, who, I, I knew what you meant. Got it. Who now works full-time by serving on company boards and consulting with startups. Feels like, I'm reading a bio. <laughs> There's a lot of big words here. Like, like, we kill, <laughs> Mick, come on. You're killing me. Just ask me a, a question already.
0: Hey, you and asked for the details. He's got details I love the for am
1: no, I'm, I'm just diving in. This is like really complicated stuff, though. In our almost 45 years of marriage, we have always had one cat and two dogs. Currently, our 16-year-old cat is more aloof than ever since we both started working from home. I wonder why. Our small 12-year-old Heinz 57 dog, Daisy, still runs every morning with my wife and snuggles in the evening. We adopted our six-year-old half... Pekingese. 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 Pekingese guard dog nutmeg during the pandemic. Who knew that Pekingese were guard dogs. Car-wise, I drive... An original two seater, three cylinder, 68 mile per gallon, 2003 Honda Insight. Wow. And my wife enjoys her 2021 Kia Nero plug in hybrid. All right. Low Kia plug in. Uh, we barely drink. Yeah, because you just write. <laughs> Just, he needs to keep just, clear in his writing. He just writes <laughs> letters <and> just, <laughs> every night, and it's just like the specificity, the specificity. That The great. specifics, the specifics is Joe. Yeah. I'm, anyway, <laughs> on Friday night, we share a boot amber ale. You know,
2: boot, you ever had a little boot? Uh, no, I've, no. I've never even in. heard of that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, so they do drink on uh, Friday nights. Yeah, well, Friday they, night, they share a beer. Yeah, the share beer. Yep, yes. got it. It may be perfect.
1: I have concerns about the 35% bond component of our $6 million retirement savings. Usually when the stock market goes down, the, bar, the bond market is flat, is slightly up. So I can rebalance and buy more stocks on the dips. This time, the bond funds seem to dip at the same time as the stock market. So when I rebalance on the dip, should I sell the bond funds? with a higher five-year duration? Or is this similar to selling um, the total stock market and replacing it with a value fund? Should I try to keep the same range of bond fund duration, ultra low to moderate, that I started with before this year's stock and bond dips, or switch to all ultra low money markets until we get back to the 2008 interest rates? And as we approach a bear market, should we consider our allocation in shift from sixty-five thirty-five to seventy thirty. We appreciate your spitball and informed opinions. Thank you, and take care. And, and I added, his... he's
0: got his little bicycle there.
1: Yeah, and what is I, that? That's part it. of his.
0: That is part of his signature, and it's all in uh, like, characters. That's pretty cool. It's... PhD,
1: PhD, MBA. Right. That's a, way what, smarter what than What a combo. <laughs>
2: both of us combined. Right? Is, Such that he can
0: actually draw a bicycle in text.
2: Just that is um, it, so Mickey, you should be doing the show. His name's Mick, not Mickey. I'm calling him Mickey. Oh, got it. we, we go way back. We're Cal- <laughs> Cal- California. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I knew he was smart just reading this little <laughs> email here. Okay. So, good question. So he's he's got a 60-40 or 70-30 split, whatever. It doesn't necessarily matter. But what he's realizing this year is that it's like, wait a minute, when when stocks go down, usually my bonds stay flat or they go up a little bit. Sure. And that that's usual, right? right? It's called negatively correlated. Sure. And so when that happens, you can sell the bonds and you can rebalance and buy more stocks
2: or right. vice
1: versa. Right. Or stocks go up and you're like, okay. Or maybe small companies go down and large companies go up. You sell large companies, buy more small, sure. right? You're selling high and buying low. Yeah. But he's looking at his portfolio. and He's like, everything's, everything's low. <laughs> what, what, what do we do? <laughs> what the hell do I do now? <laughs> My whole strategy is out the window. Right. So I would be careful with any type of quick movements in this environment. Because let's say if he already has moderate or, or somewhat high duration bond funds, I mean, those bond managers are still holding the bonds. When they come to maturity, it's going to come back, right? So you got to be careful if you're you know selling low and trying to shift your strategy just because you're looking at timing and thinking, all right, well, when interest rates get back to this level, I'd be careful with that type of thinking if you have asset classes that you want to rebalance, but if everything is down, you know, then it's like, okay, well, what is the, what what is your overall strategy? What is the money for? Then you might got to rethink your overall financial plan. So I would change my investment strategy based on my planning and income needs versus a rebalance
2: strategy. Yeah. And I think the other thing that people do is maybe they'll have you know, just two or three, four investments. Maybe they have a total stock market fund. Maybe they got an international fund. Maybe they have a bond fund. And all three of those are down right now. Now, if you had a little bit more, maybe you had a small and value fund and an emerging markets fund, these are going to probably move a little bit differently. And then you actually can rebalance and take advantage of lower prices, ones that have gone down more than other ones, which will likely over the long-term recover. So that might be something to do. I I also agree with you, you do have to be careful because everyone wants to make changes during markets like this. And the whole point is to do your financial planning beforehand so that you know you'll be fine when this happens. And we all know it's going to happen. This is not unusual. And in fact, it it was, I think 2008 where every single asset class went down. It's not normal, but it it happens. And that's the the environment we're in.
1: Yeah, and I I agree with his analogy. It's like, I don't know if I would want to say my my bond funds with a higher five-year duration and buy you know ultra short at this point you already bought the risk there's a reason why you get a higher expected rate of return in certain asset classes just because there's more risk involved and as markets go down right you bought that risk because you you're anticipating the higher expected return in the future right so it, should I sell that and buy something else? Is it like selling a value fund and buying a total U.S. stock market fund? Yeah, kind of, I think so. And you're buying on the dips. I would have a more calculated strategy on my rebalance. When am I gonna rebalance and how am I gonna look at it? And what percentage does it needs to deviate for me to make a move, right? But looking at this, I have I have no idea what else to say here because I, I have no idea what he has. <laughs> Yeah, we just know what kind of beer he likes on Friday. All right. Thank you, Mike, or Mick, and the little bicycle guy.
0: Download the Bear Market Survival Guide from the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com and watch the companion YMYW TV episode to learn the impacts of a bear market versus a bull market on your portfolio, the signs of a bear market, bear markets versus recessions, market timing, staying invested to beat the bear, and some strategies that'll help you put a long-term strategic plan in place to withstand bear markets and beyond. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your favorite podcast app to go to the show notes, watch bear market money mistakes and download the bear market survival guide.
1: We got, um, Carl Spackler again from Katty Shack.
0: That yeah, groundskeeper has a, a lot, lot of money questions, doesn't
1: he? Yeah. All <laughs> right. Hi, Andy. I didn't fill out the online questionnaire, um, as it failed me in the past. Okay. <laughs>
0: That's two That's for two. Two. <laughs> two
1: for the website. <laughs> Killing the game. We manage four billion dollars of client assets. Don't you think we could get a can't a, get a website uh, to, can't get a website to, a, to ask just, a couple <laughs> questions, Doesn't work. Uh hopefully this works just as well. If I do a fifty thousand dollar Roth conversion in December, will the IRS care that I did not pay estimated taxes throughout the year? Can I just pay twelve thousand dollars or so on the fourth quarter 1040 estimates? I didn't anticipate making this move, so it doesn't seem fair that they wouldn't tax me earlier. Uh, than when I actually made the
2: taxable transaction.
1: Not that the IRS cares about being fair. Thanks, Carl. Al?
2: Yes, so that's Carl. That's a great question. And um, no, the the IRS uh, doesn't care because you got the income in in the fourth quarter. uh, And so you only have to pay that estimate in the fourth quarter. However, you have to fill out form 2210, uh, which is the IRS penalty form, Uh, page three allows you to put your income, uh, in the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter and fourth quarter. And so therefore you've got this extra income in the fourth quarter. You'll only have to pay that estimate in the fourth quarter, but just make sure you fill out that form. Otherwise you will be penalized, but that's, that's the mechanism for not uh, having to pay estimated payments earlier. No, no problem. If we did in third quarter, what happens? Third quarter is fine. I mean, as long as you do it before it's required. Right. So, so in other words, if he does this in December, that's in the fourth quarter. So the estimated payment would be in due in January. He would essentially have a lower income first quarter, second quarter, third quarter. And that's what you show on that form 2210. The higher income is in the fourth quarter, which requires that estimated payment in the fourth quarter.
1: Well, doesn't the 120, 125 rule kind of come into play depending
2: on what you made the previous year and... Well, sure. I mean, I'm assuming that this is goes over that because it's maybe a bigger amount, but yeah, I mean, so that the estimated tax rule essentially is if you pay in 100% of last year's tax or 110% if your income's over 150 grand, you're not going to be penalized no matter what. Or if you pay in 90% of this year's tax, you're not going to be penalized. Assuming that this is doesn't fall under either of those, then you fill out the form 2210 and avoid penalty by annualizing your income.
1: All right, Carl. You know, Caddyshack Two was probably one of the worst movies of all time. <laughs> Such a disappointment. But Carl
2: wasn't in that one. First one was great, though. Yeah.
0: They made a movie without Carl for Caddyshack. Wasn't
2: Caddyshack he like? 2?
0: Yeah. Wasn't he like the the star of the show?
1: Well, Caddyshack, sure.
0: Yeah. Caddyshack
1: Two was just a. The star of the show was the stupid puppet um, golfer. Ah. Let's see, Jack from Central Florida. I used to live in Central Florida. You did, didn't yes. you? Albedo. Oh, that's where you lived? I did. Oh, okay. You never heard of it? No. <laughs> uh uh, yeah, it's right outside of Orlando. Um, hello, Andy, Joe, big Al. I just listened to episode 394. <laughs> Such a good episode. <laughs> I remember that like I oh, did it yesterday. God, I just love that episode. <laughs> And Butch from the bait shop had a shack. Butch from the bait shop shack. Oh yeah, big. I vaguely remember Butch. <laughs> uh, Butch from the bait bait shack had a scenario similar to what my wife and I have. It's related to how retirement accounts pass to a surviving spouse. I'm 62. My wife is 50. We don't have kids. The men on my side of the family usually don't have longevity. So, most certainly, my wife will outlive me sooner than later. Wow. It's just That's depressing.
2: Sad, right? He's 62. Or he's thinking he, about He's it. not it's 82. It. How, do, how do I pass my assets? Come on, Jack. Uh,
1: sooner than later. <laughs> so, with that in mind, I'm also wondering how my 401k and Roth IRA will move to my wife, which is the sole beneficiary of both. Additionally, Florida is an equitable distribution state, not a community property state. Question one. So how would it pay out for my wife if I were to pass before she reached 59 and a half? She also has a Roth IRA. Would my Roth 401k in Roth IRA pass directly to her Roth IRA? Or would they both go into a single or two separate inherited Roth IRA accounts? Should we answer that first there? Yeah, let's see that. I think you're good at that, the, that question. Okay. So why don't you take that? Uh, Jack, a couple of things. If you pass before your wife turns 59 and a half and she needs the money, then she would set up a beneficiary IRA. So what that means is that it would say Jack deceased on whatever date that you died for the benefit of your lovely wife. And she would have access to the money at any point. So she's fifty-two years old, because uh, you're going to die sooner than later. Um, so I'm picking at sixty-four, Jack. That's your demise. It's, she she's got full access to the money if you keep if she keeps it in an inherited
2: IRA. Yeah, so it's it's because you're older that works. Uh, it doesn't I actually even it doesn't even doesn't matter. Doesn't even matter because because it's a beneficiary IRA. Correct. Right. Um,
1: or she can because she's your spouse. She can move it directly into her own account. Right. So what happens where where mistakes happen is that like children think that they can move like their parents' retirement accounts into their account just to consolidate. Or if a non-spouse beneficiary inherits a retirement account, they try to consolidate and try to put it in their own. You cannot do that. That'd be a full distribution, fully taxable. Spouses, however, have this special rule where they can consolidate. So you pass away, she could put everything into her own Roth account and everything into her own IRA account if she chooses to. So just to keep it simple, right? because if you have multiple accounts, let's say you keep it in your 401 count, 401k and then you keep it in your Roth 401k, then there would be RMDs you know, in a Roth 401k. You don't want that. You want to roll it into a Roth IRA because that eliminates the RMDs when she turns 72 or 75, depending on what the rules um, go to. But if she needs the money, keep it in your name as her, the beneficial owner of it. If she doesn't need the money, then it would go directly into her own accounts. Um, or she could keep it in your accounts too. But that to me, that just doesn't make any sense.
2: Now could she do she could do some some of both, right? Sure, if she wanted to. Well sure, w- without question. she could do,
1: you know, let's say that um, Jack passes before she turns 59 and a half and she needs access to the cash. She could roll some of it into her own and keep others into Jack's name. Right. right. And that's the the amount of cash that she would need to live off of until she turned 59 and a half. Right. You know, Uh, but yeah, good question. But yeah, I would, that's easy. Spouses are easy. The non-spouse beneficiaries, that's where it gets a little bit more complex. Okay. Question two, my taxable brokerage account is in a living trust, which my wife is the sole beneficiary of. With those funds passed to my wife, tax-free. Thanks a lot, guys. Jack from Central Florida. They're driving 2015 Ford F-150. My drink of choice is Johnny Walker Red. Over ice. Yeah, I like it rough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jack. Yeah,
0: that sounds pretty rough.
1: Johnny Walker Red. So if I drink Johnny Walker Red, am I rough? Like, or or, I, I is, think, or
2: was he talking about something completely different that he likes it rough. <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's the drink. Got I it. think the drink is maybe it's a little hard to get down, I don't know. Yeah. A little rough drink. No. So so first of all, Jack, the um yeah, the funds would pass to your wife tax free. So that's not a problem. The the real question is does she get a, a step up in basis in them or not? And Florida, you're right, it's an equitable distribution state. And now I'm not an attorney, but this is my knowledge. I'll just put that out. So if this is your asset, if, if this was money that you made, uh, even during the time you were married, then it's, it's your account. She would not get a step up in basis unless you put those assets in a community property trust in florida which then allows the step up in basis so you might want to think about that but there's no taxation when she receives the assets only when she sells them and if if she gets the full step up with a community property trust that might be worth looking into
0: yeah
1: i would definitely probably look into that so all right let's go to heather from irvine california hi andy big al joe big fan of the podcast So she's emailed you directly. I'm guessing the website's down? Probably. (laughs) Uh, I'm hoping that you might be able to help brainstorm some ideas for my family. One of my stepsisters passed away a few years ago, and she left her IRA valued at $160,000 to my older, to my other stepsister's son. Uh, When she first set up her account, she only had one nephew. The family grew, and she ended up having another niece and nephew prior to her passing. My sister knows that she would have wanted to leave equal shares of the IRA to all three children. She passed away prior to the change that requires withdrawal to 10 years. So they are able to leave the money in until RMD age, which is 2039. That's false. Right. So Heather, we got some work to do here. So she passed away prior to the change that requires withdrawal in 10 years. So she, she, she passed prior to
2: 2018, 18, the, the secure yeah, act. Yep.
1: Yeah. So no, if they haven't taken an RMD um, there's some issues here. So they, there's are still an RMD, but they take it out over their life expectancy. So if there hasn't been any RMDs on the non-spousal beneficiaries, the non-spouse beneficiaries, right so the nephew or the niece needed to start taking rmds so if they had there's a 50% penalty for each year that they haven't taken the rmd the rmd is based on that person's
2: age so, right and and so you could be 2 years old and still have to take a required minimum distribution if you it, it, these were the old rules and that was called the stretch ira right so you stretch it over your lifetime so if you're 2 years old and you're supposed to, supposed to live till age 80, let, let's just say, then you're taking a really low percentage out. Now, if you're if you're 75, you're gonna take a much higher percentage out, but you've got the required minimum distributions based upon the age that you're at. Now the rules are totally different now, which means if you die, if you receive an inherited IRA right now, you got to take it out within 10 years.
1: Yeah. And you don't have to take anything out. You could take it out all, all in the 10th year, uh, yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah um the kids ages are 24 21 and 15 so the rmd is based on the 24 year old because that i guess the 21 and 15 year old weren't born yet well they didn't but they don't get any because
2: they weren't exactly no yeah yeah,
1: yeah. so the 24 year old is the beneficiary yeah the 24 year old needs needed to take rmds when she inherited or he inherited i forget if it's a yeah a niece or nephew yeah yeah uh, son um yeah nephew okay So the oldest son is going to college for the next couple of years in working part time, we are trying to figure out how to split the money between the kids. Since he isn't making much money now, would it be better to pull it out now and set up accounts for the other kids I'm not certain if he could just pull out their shares and leaves his in the other issue is. Not wanting to hand over such a large sum of money to young people that might not know how to manage it in the tax implications on the trust fund don't seem like a great option. Uh, Could it be better to leave the money in the IRA until RMD age and then have him give the money to the other two siblings every year? They would most likely be prime earning years, so the taxes might not be favorable. Is it possible to put the IRA into a trust that their mom manages. Everyone is at a loss about how to handle the situation. Hope you have some ideas, I appreciate you taking the time to read this and for your spitball. I live in Irvine. Enjoy a good Moscow mule. Mm. I drive a 2015 Maserati? <laughs> That's pretty good, Heather. A yeah, Ghibli with a smiley <laughs> face. I need Maserati. I need All right. Maserati, those 190 85. I lost my license.
2: Now I don't drive.
1: Um, Okay. So this is a, just a, this is a pain. Yeah.
2: uh, So the first thing I'll say this comment, my sister knows that she would have wanted to leave equal shares to the IRA to all three of the children that doesn't carry any legal weight whatsoever. So really the money is the nephews and it's his money. I mean, if he wants to share it, great but it's it's not it's not up to you guys to say you got to share it with your siblings that that that's the legal ramifications of what she did right so yeah that's the issue the beneficiary
1: trumps all um and so it's a conversation with the nephew so first first off there's mistakes going on right off the bat right is that the nephew needs to take rmds all right. So let's say you take out and you can't split the IRA up, you no. can't say, all right, we're now we're going to make three different IRAs
2: and have three different owners. No, you can't do that. You can disclaim IRAs, but that has to be within nine months after receiving it. Right. This is it sounds like this is a, a little bit later. longer. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so you have to be. So square one is that the nephew needs to take RMDs. Secondly, you need to talk to the nephew and say, Hey, listen, you inherited this 160,000 bucks. And I know that your aunt really probably wanted you to go to all three kids. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. And of- then he's going to say, well, Sounds good. Let's figure it out. Or you know uh, what? Go no pound way. sand. <laughs> this is my talk, to, talk to my attorney, <laughs> man. I'm going to college. Peace out. Well, maybe I don't go to college now. I got 160 grand. I'm going to get a Maserati. <laughs> so, so how you split this thing up is it's going to, it's going to be ugly because you, you, you're going to have to take a full distribution on the one hundred and sixty, it's going to be taxed at the nephew's rates,
2: right? Which is going to be twenty four percent. And if he's if he's okay with that, if he's okay with it, then he's basically paying the tax on it and then gifting the money out. So I assume he gifts out the net. I, I don't know how you'd work right. this out. But... You
1: look at one hundred and sixty, and he there's probably seventy. So it's it's probably a hundred grand, one hundred ten grand after tax. Yeah give or take, but yeah. then you got to include the penalties because they didn't take the RMD.
2: Well, we're, we're, we are we do not know that, for that sure, but
1: yeah. But let's just say it's 112 or $100,000 and then, right. all right. So each kid gets thirty thirty three thousand $33,000.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Whatever the numbers. change. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: So I, I guess it's like, all right, well, but then he's going to be like, well, what do you, I got 160. Right. That's, I don't want 33.
2: This is my money.
1: <laughs> this is mine. I don't see any other niece or nephew on the beneficiary. Do you, Heather? <laughs> Aunt Heather? No. I didn't think so. So let's get the hell out of here. Um, so yeah, that's 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 the issue. Sorry, Heather. I wish we had better news. But you. but
2: you know, if the nephew goes along with the plan, then great. Maybe may, maybe you just do a distribution. In full, while, the, while the, he's not in very high taxable income, you pay the tax, you split it up, and you go from there, you're done with it.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I guess this is a, a really good point to everyone that has retirement accounts is that you have to really understand how they work at death, right? Because they're it's so different than any other asset that you have, right? So if you're naming your trust as the beneficiary of your retirement account, I highly recommend you don't do that right? Because the only reason why you would want to name a trust is the beneficiary. If you want to control the money from the grave, and it's probably not a great idea because a lot of it's going to just get eaten up by taxes, then right, you, you might have people on your beneficiary form that you don't want to be a beneficiary anymore, right? So always check that. That's one of the most important estate planning documents that you own. So everyone that listens to this show, all five of you, please check your account beneficiary forms because it's really important.
0: Visit YourMoneyYourWealth.com and click Ask Joe and Big Al on air to send in your money questions as an email or a priority voice message. Lon, Patrick and Jackie and many others, thank you for your patience. Listen for answers to your money questions in next week's episode. In the meantime, this episode has proven that there are a lot of moving parts to your financial future and a lot of ways you can screw it up, especially when the markets get volatile. Click the Get an Assessment button at YourMoneyYourWealth.com and schedule a free financial assessment with an experienced financial professional on joe and big al's team at pure financial advisors they're a fee-only fiduciary now let's talk about how they can help you
1: uh big al is out so we got to fill in we needed another someone with big
0: and, and yeah. that seems to be a podcast thing you get your, your big al and now we've got big g big g from the uh the real My life podcast.
3: caddy podcast yeah it's called the real life caddy podcast andy thank you All for right. having me
0: so, Big G, your website is glorifieddonkey.com.
3: Glorifieddonkey.com, exactly. That's what that's, my wife calls me.
0: So that's brilliant, because that's basically what a caddy is supposed to do, right? You carry the bag.
3: Correct. Um, now, the older you get, the more effort you do putting people on golf carts. Oh, you, are you going to be drinking cocktails? Do you like to listen to music? Oh, well, we could throw it all in a car. I'll <laughs> drive it. You can walk whenever you want to walk, and then we have a place for your drinks and your music. Yay. Done. <laughs> so...
0: So what else does a caddy actually do for a golfer?
3: Where we work is a resort course. So probably like financial planning, you have all sorts of different portfolios. Every golfer is different. Are they there for fun? Uh, Are they grinders? They really want to have the best score of their life. Pebble Beach is a very expensive golf course. So it's a huge investment for people. So I would say that number one, get people around the course. Like the golf knowledge, when you walk around a golf course 10 times, 12 times, I've probably done it 2,000 times around here, I know it like the back of my hand. That's very easy. That information's easy. And it, somebody said something to me about six months ago that was, once you break it down, you don't realize how much you know about what you know. And I, 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 you know, once you break it down, as I say, it's incredible. You, yes, I know a lot about golf. So it comes very naturally. After that, it's then about, for me, Hopefully they're up for a laugh and it's entertaining. You know, we can have a good old laugh. And you try and encourage people when they're, they're not playing very well and congratulate them when they do things well and, and generally just guide them around to make their round of golf as, as fun, entertaining as, as possible.
1: How, how many strokes do you think a caddy saves a golfer in a particular
3: round? People will say I saved eight or ten on the greens alone. Oh, so, yeah.
1: Without question, I would say that.
3: Well, we have to then differentiate that there's good carries and there's bad. I would say, I'll tell you, I don't know at what point you become a good financial advisor, but I think it took me 21 years to really be spot on. And it might be the same thing. Like there's a reason that someone is going to come and ask for financial advice. So respect, if you don't like it, keep it to yourself and move on. But people like to blame. So I'm sure... If someone's invested in something and maybe it goes down, they complain. But we get blamed a lot. But I think that tells you more about the people um, than anything.
1: You know, if you look at your role, you know, I, I think you add so much value in regards to the game. Very similar to how an advisor would. Because let's say if the, the, the a client right now, markets are volatile. And they might want to do something that they probably shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Right. So markets go down. What do most people do? They, they get gotta
0: cash. I got to pull yeah. everything out. Yeah. I got
1: to sell. I want to get out. Panic. Of- yeah. I'm panicking. Um, I'm, I'm losing my strategy because when you're working with a professional, it's like, all right, we have a game plan here. This is what our game plan is going to look like. And I'm going to keep you on track for that game plan. And if we have to pivot or if we have to make moves or make changes, let's do it logically versus emotionally. Mm-hmm. And Same with me. It's like when a client gets scared or fearful because of the overall markets, it's like, okay, well, no, here's our game plan. Let's get back on track. And if we have to make any moves, there has to be other significant things that have to happen for us to change our overall strategy. And so when I ask the question of how many strokes do you think you actually add, I would say it's significant. You know, we can call me Joey hack because you know how how big of a hack I am until the 18th hole. Here's, here's big G. He's like, Oh, my God, I thought you were a total hack until the <laughs> 18th hole. Yeah. And well, then
3: I, I, I peered a couple, so. You you, you know, a good caddy's probably going to save it could be 10, 12 shots. One thing that would be interesting, and I wonder if this is a, a crossover between what you do and what I do, is, you know, in a par three, this happens every single day. Let's say there's, there's four Johnny Hacks, a quartet of them, <laughs> and... The 21 handicap hits first, but he blades it. It's a wee par three, it's 100 yards, and he catches it thin. That's what we, in in the golfing world, we call it catching it thin. It's nowhere near the sweet spot. And he goes long, he hits it 120, and then Bobby turns and goes, oh, should I change club? So do investors, because their buddy, their next-door neighbor, is selling up or cashing in, is he doing the same thing, just like lemmings, like sheep?
1: Right. A lot of people get their financial advice from friends or family that are probably not necessarily qualified. It's it, it just the advice that they're getting is totally flawed. And yep. sometimes you get lucky, right? You can have a really bad swing and get lucky. Some, some, <laughs> right, right? some, some individuals, they might pick a stock and get lucky. And then uh-huh. you know they pick the right stock and it goes up 100%. And now they're geniuses.
3: Yes. Uh, no, so totally. you
1: got
0: all these hacks there, but meanwhile, you've got a professional that's got years and years of experience, and that is the person that you should be asking.
3: Professional? I never thought about caddying as professional, but yeah, I guess you're <laughs> right. I'll tell you what, there's a, a beauty of a story about three months ago, and I was working with a, an old-timey cat. He's been doing it for years. He's really quirky, and some people don't like that, but the first couple of holes, they'll be like turning and looking at each other going, what do we have here? But once they realize they're like, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about, they buy all in, right? So, and he's got a very interesting way of talking about it. So they get to the 16th hole and he's trying to tell this this guy, I think his name was Big Al. Uh, he's a, <laughs> it's a really fast putt, left to right, big old slider. And this guy says, are you sure? And, and this, his name's Mac. He turns to him and he says, really? 15 holes, 16 holes? And you're still asking me, sure? Mackie boy, sure. So he talks, anyone that talks about themselves in the third person, I love that. <laughs> right? but this, so this guy says, uh, so he talks about himself in the third person. So the boy, of course, doesn't believe him. He hits it, it runs 15 feet past. Uh, now the other boys want to putt, but the caddy is having none of it. He goes, let's do that again. I want to show you something. Come on, come on. And the guy's like, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. And it's not fine. It's like, well, why, why are you going to pay the guy? And ignore, he's been right for 15 holes. And now you don't believe him and you ignore it. What's wrong with this person? Is he too many cocktails? Probably. Uh, And then Mackie boy, he actually says, Mackie boy wouldn't lie to you. And he says, roll the putt. And the guy goes, no, 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 it's fine. No, it's fine. I'll let these guys go. And he goes, fine. Enjoy being a 12 handicap for the rest of your life. Mic drop. (laughs) It was beautiful. The The guy collapsed the ground. He was laughing. He's like, there's nothing to say. So, Joe, do
0: you ever have to say something like that to, to an investor? Mm-hmm. Well, we do it every week on the
1: show. <laughs> yeah. <pretty laughs> much. You know, so this this show, Big G, is, is my release, you know, yeah. because I can't see anyone. And sometimes I just feel like it's just Andy, Big Al, myself. And we get all these really awesome people write in and they have these questions about, you know, they're spitballing, you know, and, and some of the questions we get. It's just like, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. You actually made me read this email. I mean, (laughs) I feel sorry for myself for reading it. I feel sorry for our listeners for having to listen to it, you know? Um, But it makes the show fun. And, you know, then you can kind of make fun of it. It's just like, hey, we're here. It's just like what what we're trying to do is just sit around a table as we're just kind of shooting the stuff and having a a cocktail, if you will, and, and talking about finances and trying to make it as interesting and fun as possible so people will continue to... Hopefully, listen, but second, you know, make better decisions with their money.
3: I think it's therapy, isn't it? The show is therapy. It definitely is, therapy I think, for Joan
0: Bigal,
3: Yeah. 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 Uh, no, yeah. You're absolutely spot on. All mm-hmm.
1: right. Hey, uh, Big G, we got to end with that. Let, let me, uh, Lovely. if they want to listen more stories, if they want to hear about the glorified donkey, where, where, where do they find
3: you? So, we have a website, glorifieddonkey.com. It's called the Real Life Carry Podcast, and it's on all of the platforms and the social media and stuff youtube the twitter etc that's glorified donkey and probably mostly just got golfers that listen would, would enjoy it We uh, would try and just keep it fast-paced not too serious uh, entertain educate relate
1: well, very good very good my friend <laughs> yeah all right that's big g folks find them at glorified donkey.com show's got your money or wealth
0: More of our conversation with Big G on video will be coming to our YouTube channel soon, so make sure you are subscribed. Find the link in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click that Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call 888-994-6257 to schedule your free financial assessment at a date and time convenient for you no matter where you are in the country. Chances are one of the experienced financial professionals at Pure will be able to identify strategies to help you create a more successful retirement. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision.